Welcome to the uh, Code Life podcast with me, Nathan Blackaby, and my great mate, Colbich. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. You alright? Yeah. It's good to be back. Yeah, good to be back. I missed last week. Yeah, because we've started doing these every other week now, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the relentless pressure of weekly podcasting. <laughs> uh, I felt like quality was suffering. Which we don't want to and happen. And my golf handicap. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I try not to work too hard. Actually, I haven't played golf since I was 31. Really? No. You did have a golf, golf club in here, actually. Yeah, a I driver. Think, oh, I took it back home. Did you? Yeah, yeah I went down the driving range a little while ago, but I can still hit a ball. Straight? Yeah, I don't like it, though. What, you don't like the game of golf? No. That's interesting. No, it's, I find it uh, relentlessly uh, repetitive. Yeah. I like I like things where there's an unpredictable element of risk. That's interesting. And danger, like um, uh, motorcycling. Mm. Yeah. I, I like weightlifting, mm. uh, which is weird because that's monotonous, and, and but it's when you're lifting a very heavy weight like all you can think about is the weight yeah does that make sense yeah it does does. particularly if you're under pressure top three uh, weightlifting exercises deadlift deadlift squat dumbbell bench presses interesting yeah I think the deadlift is amazing well now I'm going to change that deadlift squat kettlebell swings kettlebells I do like my kettlebells underrated exercise very underrated but it's a full body uh, kettlebells are good amazing you got to get your technique right, though, or you bust your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the... Uh, but I do like my kettlebells. I go on the patio quite often. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've started doing what you're doing now. I've started doing a bit of skipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I can do the boxing skipping, but yeah. I'm, I'm, like, you can do hours now, can't you? I can, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you really... I mean, I'm 10 minutes, mate, and I'm... Yeah. But I'm building up. Well, I that's how you to, do I want to get to be able to do half hour. I don't want to do more. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to do a lot more. Yeah. I, I do love a skipping. I also do an exercise on a machine where you've got two pulleys. And you and you cross oh, like your the arms. Crossover thing, yeah. yeah, cross your arms, and that does your back and your shoulders. I love that one. Yeah, yeah, that's all right, isn't it? You I, go down the gym. Yeah, well, I used to, and we used to train together. Actually, we did. Yeah, I remember I'm, doing I'm my gonna, back. Oh, you did. That was bad, wasn't it? One thirty on deadlift. deadlift. Yeah. I felt my back go. It just went. Ding. <laughs> that put me out for a month or so. That. Yeah, funny though. It no, was, I felt yeah. sorry for it. But no, I'm. Uh, I'm yeah. just rejoining the gym. Oh yeah. In Chesterfield, yeah. I'm just in a process because I've realised that I just. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd miss it. I do like yeah, the weights yeah. room. And you've shifted a lot of weight, haven't you, to be I, fair? I have, actually, mate. Just over the last few months. Yeah, yeah, yeah quite a lot. Well, yeah. I'm not going to call it two stone, mate. I ain't far off. It's good, mate. You can really see it. Yeah. Well, I think me, yeah, me double chin's gone. I mean, I'm hiding it, but I've got a bit of beer growth going down. Because uh, I've worked hard at it. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the things we talked about, we stand on the stage at the gathering, obviously, and we're living this code life, Christian yeah. blokes. We, we live it. a code. But we also want to be a good representative of what we're talking about don't we yeah yeah 100% we don't want to be lardy yeah. boys no 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 uh, you know and I'm I'm staying down the barrel of 50 in a few years and I didn't want to get I don't want to be fat at 50 no and I used to be quite fit you know I was doing marathons and long distance cycle rides and I did a couple of big endurance events carrying too much weight but I just thought do you know what uh, so I want to I want to be 50 yeah ripped ripped up ripped <laughs> buff hench yeah <laughs> so no, yeah, I'm um, it's good, man. yeah, I'm uh, I'm yeah, I'm on it. So back down the gym. Will you now. go the route of protein, creatine, all the supplements? I do. I naturally prefer to eat protein and veg than, than supplement it out. I don't like <coughs> carbs. 
Yeah. And actually, you yeah. know, I don't. I always feel a bit bloaty after bread. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So I like. I do like a bit of chicken and grains. Yeah. Having said that, I like wholemeal rice. I like wholemeal pasta. Yeah. Uh, but I do like chicken, pork, fish. I love a bit of tender stem broccoli. Oh yeah, I love that. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So uh, yeah, yeah. Protein and I, would I do protein shakes? Well, I have done when I've been training for big events. Yeah, um, like diet protein, so it's not stuff full of the. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it yeah. can help, can't it? Give you a boost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I just yeah, and I do take a multivitamin most days. Do you? I do. That's yeah. interesting. Well, I, I'm quite a high pressured lifestyle, and I've got yeah, to yeah. my stage now where I do. I, I'm at you know, I really go at it. Yeah. So, um, I do. I can't confess this. I do like keep a few apples in grapes. Fruit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do with that? I eat it. But I don't... Oh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? The there will be up. some complaints about But I think the gathering's a separate independent nation. <coughs> when we yeah, when we're on the field, it's yeah, under a different jurisdiction. Different jurisdiction. It's interesting, because I'm turning 40 this year. And I, I know. And I do think I'm due a bit of a health checkup. You know, like cholesterol, blood pressure... BMI. Yeah, well, I, I cut that. myself the other day, and it all came out red. It didn't look like butter. And I thought, <laughs> that's it. It's all right. You weren't gloopy. It's flowing. Gray, yeah, like gravy. Flowing nice. Yeah. No, yeah, I thought, I'm all right. I don't need my cholesterol checked. No. Well, that's a good good gauge. <laughs> what, it's red and wet? It's don't need to come and see you, doctor. Flowing. Hmm. I don't go to the doctors that much, but do I probably do. No. No, I don't like wasting their time. Interestingly, my nan, she actually passed away a few days back. She was 99, and she'd rarely wow. been to the doctors, rarely. Wow, 99. They gave her, they gave her an antibiotic to How clear an infection. How far hundred was she? Oh, not much. Six months. No. But when she was ill, they gave her an antibiotic, and it, like, really weak, just one, and it did wonders, because she'd never really had them before. Wow. Like, she'd rarely been sick. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My last yeah. surviving grandparent. I haven't had antibiotics for years. I think the last one I got this... Uh I had like a bacterial throat thing I had to have antibiotics for. But even then, it took months before I decided to yield. Really? Yeah, and they said, oh, you need, need a course of these. Five days later, Bob's your uncle. Did you buy them up. from China on eBay? No, I do. I've got a little, <laughs> I know you yeah, do. little doomsday stock. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of prepping going on. Yeah. Hey, you, you, what you, you got any stories going on, mate, at the moment? Well, it's something the, that... Uh, yeah. We all know the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. Wow. Right, we, look, we all know it's coming. Yeah, it's We all know coming. it's coming. So, you know... So the question is, are they fast zombies or those slow ones? Because that makes a massive difference. I, I think they'll be, I think when it happens, yeah. the first ones will be slow. Right, like like Walking Dead. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. And they just sort so, of well, That's what will happen, and then they will... They will Evolve. Uh, what's the word? They will adapt. They get hungry, yeah. They will adapt to our counter-attack. So that's when they speed up, yeah, a bit 28 days sped, later style. Yeah, yeah, and that will happen quick. So you've got to be you got to be prepped for the fast ones for that transition. Yes, a lot of people die at that phase. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be ready. You got to be, so be ready. ready, and we all know it's coming. So you know yeah. those, that are, those that are now laughing. Well, well, there'll be zombie meat, won't they? There'll be zombie meat. <laughs> you know, that's why we need a flexitarian diet. Yeah, you know, we've got to be prepped. Yeah, with your water purifying tablets, Story your Heinz, Heinz cream with tomato soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of apples. Long life. Make a lot of things out of apples. Fury them up preservatives. So you, you see, you're you're an interesting prepper because you would go along the line of 
like reproducing meats and foods. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. just I'm more about raiding those that have sto- stored yeah. up and taking. But the thing in. is, like, we both come from Essex. Yeah, and we've been living with zombies around us for years. You know, <laughs> we managed new. to contain nothing new. Like we've grown up with it. <laughs> the walking so, dead have been there yeah, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like the author Pale in the eighties. That's what it was. Yeah. So like we have adapted, and the rest of the world have not woken up to this truth. <laughs> <laughs> you need to wake up, world. Yeah, come Look on around you. That's it. So Whitewash the, the Essex man. Yeah. And whoa, man, we'll survive. It'll be only we, we, Essex. We've adapted, we've adapted. Yeah. You're we're right, like mate. the cockroaches of the insect world. You're right. Nuclear fallout, we'll take yeah, it. That's it. It's just got a bit darker, well, we, had, it? we had fold works in Dagenham. We've learned to cope. We've, we've had our Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, Chernobyl. Oh, right, should we do a bit? I think we should get off this stupid, isn't it? I've got an interesting book here I'm going to read from. So my, oh, my questions for us today... Or how do we, how do we keep keep our head in the moment of crisis? How do you hold the line? And and I'll tease this now, and then we can give some examples later. Right. But moments in your life when you've been against the wire, or there's something's going on, and you think yeah. I've got to hold the line. I've got to keep my head here. Yeah. Well, there's different types of those stress, isn't there? Yeah. There's a persistent, pernicious, creeping stress that you know you've got to process bit by bit, and then there's a sudden. Yeah. How do you hold, you know, and in you, that don't, moment. you don't know how you're going to respond in those moments no, unless you train yeah. yourself up or condition for it. But some people flap mm. and some people go calm. Mm. Let's explore this stuff. I've got a book here, On This Day in History, Dan Snow. Oh, Fantastic yeah, 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 book, yeah, yeah. every day of the year covered. And he just gives you some information. So February the 10th, when I was looking at this, which was just yesterday for us. My birthday soon, mate. Is it? 19th. Febu- 19th of Feb. Mm. Come on, little party. Uh, let me read this to you back to the book the students were complaining about beer in an Oxford pub hardly newsworthy but this dispute got wildly out of hand and the hangover lasted for centuries yeah oh my mic's peaking a bit hang on pop yeah we don't I don't want my mic to be peaking sorry about that if you are listening Um, today so 10th of February in 1355 the landlord of the Swindlestock Tavern, John Croydon, responded to student criticism of the quality of his beer with what was called stubborn and saucy language. The two drinkers, Walter and Roger, who were no doubt were already inebriated, were enraged. <laughs> they hurled their drinks in Croydon's face and then assaulted him. Already there was pronounced tension between town and gown in Oxford so townsfolk and the educated gown folk yeah. and clearly this was the fuse that ignited this highly explosive situation a request a request for the mayor John de Bereford to arrest the two students involved was ignored bells at both the city and the university churches were rung to summon people to the fray <laughs> so a massive punch up <laughs> and they rang the bells to get everyone in. Locals came from the surrounding countryside as well as from the town. Some 200 students became involved and participants urged uh, each other to give good knocks. And this they certainly did. Far from being a case of over-exuberant violence, which could be slept off, in the riots that resulted and which lasted for two days, wow. almost 100 people were killed. More than half of them scholars at the university. I mean, it's mad. Mad. It was subsequently decided that it was the town rather than the university that was at fault. And annually, on the 10th of February, for the next 470 years, almost half a millennium, the city's mayor 
and councillors were obliged to walk bareheaded through the city in penance. No. For how long? <laughs> 470 years. Wow. Attend mass and pay the university the fine of one penny for every scholar that was killed. The relationship between town and gown in Oxford was not enhanced by this humiliating charade and even now remains sensitive even after the ceremony was ended in 1825. Wow. An attempt at reconciliation and conciliation came today on the 10th of February 1955 when the mayor was finally awarded an honorary degree. Wow. Isn't that an interesting bit of history? Yeah. Over a tasted pint, a pint that tasted bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it fascinating. And how we're going to talk a little bit about keeping your cool in those moments. And it's like you said, some moments are right now. What are you going to do? That's it. You, you've suffered an insult. You, your name's been shamed or you've been wrongly accused or you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you do in that moment and I yeah. I have to confess road rage is something like that it gets me is it mate yeah sometimes in that moment but that's because you have got the car to demolish all opposition except maybe a 911 or Cayman I have or but can't afford it how anymore. many I mean how many cars can you know well you yeah I mean you're one of the top of the tree cars it's a, well, it's a Golf R so it's quick it's quick it's 300 brake horsepower four wheel drive I mean, there are your Audis, RS3s, RS4s, anything RS will beat me. Motorbikes beat me. But your average diesel chugger, no problem. But yeah, Your I, average car, mate, it's a yeah, golf yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 300 brake. It's a lot of power, a lot of power. Yeah. But I do have those moments, and I think a lot of our listeners might, those moments of where you get triggered, something in you, it's not necessarily well, you, that uh, thing. We've all, got our, we've all got the trigger, haven't we? We've yeah. all got the... Uh, the switch yeah and it's different things for different people yeah i mean you all know what yours is and i know what mine is now in most situations i do pride myself on on a control over my emotions yeah you know i've trained myself for years you know i don't shout at people i don't yeah get massively angry i mean i'm 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 determined and focused you know i'm radically honest uh yeah can be blunt I guess but but I'm not don't get angry no but there will be things that cut to my heart you know if you know mm. you could use them yeah, yeah. and get a response yeah, yeah. Uh, mostly around you know character or that kind yeah. of stuff you yeah. know or accusation around yeah, character yeah. but you'll have yours yeah oh definitely maybe yours is the road yeah yeah it feels it then you have to have that discipline don't you to not you know, to be able to not have your diva moment yeah. and lose the plot, yeah. contain the red mist. That's part of being a man of God, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. We're going we're to talk some more on this about a strategy for it and how we see it in the Bible, different characters when they're up against it and held yeah. the line and stuff like that. That's great. I want to read a little bit from this book. I'm not going to read loads, maybe four pages, but we'll break it up a bit. <clears throat> this is a book by Henry Marsh, Admissions, A Life in Brain Surgery. Yeah. Interesting book. And this guy's not a Christian. And actually starts off by talking about, in his cottage, he's actually got a little pack, and it's his suicide kit. When he gets to a point where he can't go on, he take him out, take himself out. So he's, he's pretty honest. He's straight talking in this book. It's not easy to read. Um, let me set the scene. What's here. in his suicide kit? Suicide Just stuff. some old medication that he's gathered together that would wow. that would take him out, yeah. But in this, so in this book, he's kind of he's approaching retirement, and uh, he's he's kind of I don't know he's been like forty five years a surgeon. It's something phenomenal, and he's well established, well renowned, 
kind of high-end brain neurological surgeon. So he's facing retirement. He's in a conversation here. I'm going to pick up the story. He's chatting to another surgeon called Tim. They've just been operating on this person, and Tim's got to go. Yeah. And he says to him, uh, Henry, can you take Mr. Williams, who's the next patient? He's Tim's patient, yeah. but he's saying, I've not got time to do the surgery. Can you do it? Yeah. So Surgeon Henry Marsh, where we pick this up, he's going to do the operation. So Henry starts off. <clears throat> I suppose I'll have to, I replied, disliking having to operate on patients I'd never spoken to in detail myself and not at all sure as to whether surgery was really in the patient's best interest. So... Tim went off to do his outpatient clinic and Samir finished the operation, filling the hole in the girl's skull with quick-setting plastic cement and stitching together the layers of her scalp. Let me just do a quick disclaimer. This is a little bit gory in places. That's right. Yeah. We'll get Dave to put a little disclaimer on the Little disclaimer. Little disclaimer. Probably sensible. An hour later, Mr. Williams was wheeled into the anaesthetic room next to the operating (laughs) theatre. He was in his 40s, I think, with a thin moustache and a pale, rather vague expression. He must have been quite tall as his feet, clad in regulation white anti-embolism stockings with bare toes coming out the end, stuck out over the edge of the trolley. I'm Henry Marsh, the senior surgeon, I said, looking down at him. Ah, he said. I think Tim Jones has explained everything to you, I asked. And it was a long time before he replied. It looked as though he had to think very deeply before replying... Yes. Is there anything you would like to ask me, I said. And he giggled, and there was another long delay. No, he eventually replied. Well, let's get on with it then, I said to the anaesthetist, and left the room. Samir was waiting for me in the operating theatre, besides the wall-mounted computer screens where we can look at our patients' brain scans. He already had Mr Williams's scan on the screens. What should we do, I asked him. Well, Mr. Marsh, it's too expensive to remove. So, sorry, too extensive to remove. All we can do is a biopsy. Just take a small part of the tumour for diagnosis. I agreed, but what's the risk with a biopsy? It can cause a hemorrhage or infection. Anything else? Samir hesitated, but I did not wait for him to reply. I told him how if the brain is swollen and you only take a little bit of the tumour out, you can make the swelling worse. The patient can die after the operation from coning. The swollen brain squeezes itself out of the confined space of the skull, part of it becoming cone-shaped, where it is forced out of the skull through the hole at its base called the foramen magnum, the big hole in Latin, where the brain is joined to the spinal cord. This process is invariably fatal if it is not caught in time. I'm just going to read a bit more because this gets quite yeah. interesting. We have we have to take enough tumour out to allow for any post-op swelling, I said to Samir. Otherwise, it's like kicking a hornet's nest. Anyway, Tim said he was going to remove as much of the tumour as possible as this might prolong his life a bit. And what sort of incision do you want me to make? We discussed the technicalities of how to open Mr. Williams's head while waiting for the anaesthetist to finish anaesthetising him and to attach the necessary lines and tubes and monitors to his unconscious body. Get his head open, I told Samir, and give me a shout when you've reached the brain. I'll be on the red leather sofa. (laughs) I love that. You can just imagine this bloke, can't you? 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Like cruising in proper neurosurgery, like, yeah. get that head open. Yeah, cut it open, scoop that bit out. <laughs> when the brain's on show, call me in. Yeah. I'll, I'll be reclining on this yeah, leather chest. I'm listening to me, uh, Dajo for strings. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, we'll do a bit more and then we're going to talk about this. The that's what I'll be like. Go on. I would, I'd be all like, I'd be super cool. I would. But that's what he was Take like. Take the skull off. Call me when you're ready. Now come in with me spoon. You walk in like hands up, all yeah. all prepped. Yeah. Let me in. Yeah. Put my put my gloves on. Yeah. <laughs> Play my Spotify playlist. Yeah, yeah. What would your operation music be? It would be the same music that I used to study when I'm writing, like yeah. we've recently done on the codes and stuff. I, I use a chill out kind of focus music. If I was doing very delicate brain surgery, I'd have fresh metal on. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slicing into a brain. No, I do like a bit of classical, mate. I know you do. Yeah, I do. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I'd have a for strings on Luke. <laughs> a cabatina. <laughs> do you know what I've realised about you? What's that? You're a blagger. Blagger. Let me explain. I think you know a few... Classical music names. No, I think you know a few fine wines. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you are able to pass off yeah. the sense that actually this bloke, he's well cultured. He's been no, old. what I do, no, the honest answer is <laughs> I know uh, a fair bit of detail across a broad you range do. of subjects. Yeah, but if yeah. you push me too hard, then I start falling apart. <laughs> so like on my classical essentials playlist, I've got 101. Oh, and that playlist. is extensive actually. Yeah, yeah. And on my Claire de Lune, I've got 347. I call it that because it's a particular type. Me bark playlist have got fifty. So oh, you're not blagging. Me classical phase I've only got twenty. You do play a little classical on the piano, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you used to. Yeah. No, so no. I, it's a it's a mix of blag and genuine knowledge. Yeah. Because you've always, whenever we've gone out for a curry, you're like, oh, I'll try this, and you're picking stuff I've never heard of. There you go. Yeah, you're like, oh, a good wine will go with that. Yeah. Let's have that one. Yeah, like, How do you, you know go. that? Yeah. Yeah, it's good, it's good. But I'm not in-depth. If enough, I was with though. a proper in-depth person. It's enough. Enough. Enough to get by. That's a strong message, that you are enough. You're enough to get by. Oh, what if the Lord said that to me? I'll go to heaven. He had, in, he had enough. You got by. <laughs> He's a cabbage patch. Yeah. He's your allotment. Fair, I actually think fair play. Back, back to the book, eh? Red leather sofa. Back to the book. <clears throat> The scan had shown that the left frontal lobe of Mr. Williams's brain was largely infiltrated by tumour, which appeared on the scan as a spreading white cloud in the grey of his brain. Tumours like this grow into the brain instead of displacing it. The tumour cells pushing into the brain's soft substance weaving their way between the nerve fibres of the white matter and the brain cells of the grey matter. The brain can often go on working for a while, even though the tumour cells are boring into it like death watch beetles in a timber building. But eventually, just as the building must collapse, so must the brain. I lay on the red leather sofa in the neurosurgeon's sitting room, slightly anxious, as I always am when waiting to operate, longing to retire to escape all the human misery that I have had to witness for so many years, and yet dreading my departure as well. I'm starting all over again, I said to myself once more. But I'm running out of time. The phone rang, and I was summoned back into theatre. 
We'll just do a bit more because he gets into the brain now. Samir had made a neat left frontal craniotomy. Mr. Williams's forehead had been scalped off his skull and was reflected forwards with clips and sterile rubber bands. I mean, that must be horrific. Yeah, it's a horror film, isn't it? Let's just flip his skull forward. Yeah, get put, me some of them elastic bands. Put, put an elastic band around that. Hold yeah, that there. Yeah, hold that there. Can you, can clip you, it. Clip it back. Can you imagine? I'd love to meet an Essex. Where'd they clip it? Yeah, mate. Clip flip, that to his lips. Flip that, <laughs> clip that bit on his lips. I've got to get in that brain. Frontal lobe. Oh, Hold my cafe creme while I do this one. That's it. <laughs> uh, quality recording gold this is mate he's had been scalped off held with rubber bands his brain looking normal but a little full as neurosurgeons describe a swollen brain bulged gently out the opening Samir had sewn had, sorry sawn into his skull so he's there hole in the head brain starting to swell and pop mm, through the hole mm. so he ain't got long you ain't got mm. long you can't be messing about with a brain exposed can you Mm. <clears throat> right, back to the book. We can't miss it, can we? I said to Samir. The tumour's so extensive, but the brain's a bit full. We'll have to take a, 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 a quite a lot out to tide him over the post-operative period. Where do you want to start? Samir pointed with his sucker to the centre of the exposed surface of the brain. Middle frontal gyrus, I asked. Well, maybe... But let's go and look at the scan. We walked 10 feet across the room to the computer screen. Look, there's the sphenoid, sphenoid wing, I said to Samir. We should go in just a little above it, but you'll have to go deeper into the brain than you think from the scan as his brain is bulging out a bit. <laughs> we returned to the table and Samir burned a little line across Mr. Williams's brain with the diathermary forceps, a pair of forceps with electrical tips that we use for cauterising bleeding tissue. I mean, this is rough, isn't it? Yeah, rough. A bit more. Let's bring in the scope, I said. And once the nurses had positioned the microscope, Samir gently pushed downwards with the sucker. It looks normal, Mr Marsh, Samir said a little anxiously. Even though there are all manner of checks and cross-checks to make sure we have opened the correct side of the patient's head, I always experience a moment of complete panic at times like this and have to quickly reassure myself that we are indeed operating on the correct side, in this case, the left side of Mr. Williams's brain. Well, the trouble with low-grade tumours is they can look and feel like normal brain. Hmm. Let me take over, I said. So I started to cautiously prod and poke the poor man's brain. Yes, it looks and feels entirely normal, I said, feeling a little sick as I looked through the microscope at the smooth, um blemished white matter but we've got there's got to be a tumor in here there's so much of it on the scan of course we are mr samir uh, sorry of course we are mr marsh uh, samir said respectfully would stealth or frozen sections have helped these are techniques that would have reassured me that i was in the right place rationally i knew that i had to be at the tumor at least in brain infiltrated by tumour, but the man's brain looked and felt so normal that I could not suppress the fear that some bizarre mistake had occurred. Perhaps the wrong name was on the brain scan, 
or it hadn't mm. been a tumour in the first place. And the problem had got so better it's got on its own. a sense of panic building up. Panic? We've got this wrong, we've got this wrong, we've got about, just about to slice this man's brain open. Can you imagine? It might even be the wrong bloke. Well, he's already got the head open. They've already burnt through the front of the brain to open up the sack. The brain's now bulging out of the skull. Bad. And he's like, this, the Bad brain news. looks absolutely fine. Bad news. It's yeah. not a good day in the office. Can you imagine the pressure and stress yeah. that that would cause you? I mean, it's, it's mad. Just the last little bit. Back to the book. Well, you're probably right, but it's too late now. And having started, I can't stop, I said to Samir. Hmm. I'd have to remove a lot of normal-looking brain to stop him swelling and dying post-op. Oh. The brain becomes swollen with the least provocation, and Mr. Williams' brain was already om ominously enlarging and started to bulge out of his open skull. At the end of the craniotomy, the medical name for the opening of a person's head. The skull is closed a little with metal screws and plates and the scalp stitched back together. And the skull becomes, once again, a sealed box. I'm going to leave it there. But what is fascinating, it goes on to say, he does the operation and he cuts huge amounts of healthy-looking brain away. Yeah. Uh, and it turned out that it was tumour-infected. And the guy did go on to recover initially. Really? Yeah. So that what looked like healthy brain was tumour brain? It was tumour. But on the scan, you could see it right. all grey and messed up and nasty. But as soon as he had the brain open, couldn't see it. Yeah. But he trusted his instinct. He trusted yeah, his training. Cut his brain out. Trusted his experience. I mean, that's a crucible of fire right there, isn't it, mate? That, to hold the but line. But there's an interesting thing there. You know, when you read out these, uh, you read these stories of air accidents where... Mm. You know, people are lost in cloud or they're totally disorientated. Yeah. And they look at the instruments. The instruments are saying you're in a dive upside down. They're going, no, I'm not. I feel absolutely normal. Yeah. And then they end up hitting the ground because they don't trust the training, don't trust yeah. the instruments. Yep. But that <coughs> takes huge nerve to yeah. to not follow your you know, what you feel, but to let your training kick in. And to keep your head clear in that keep moment. Clear, yeah. Like, I've got to do this operation. I've got to cut in. I had a mate living in the Alps. And he survived an avalanche. He was out walking. He's hunter, and he slipped off an avalanche. Like he fell hundreds Is of feet. Is that the one where you got a photo of you out hunting in the Alps? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he lives in Essex now. You know, great it's a mate. Bit of a difference, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But he was out there ten years. Gutting. And he survived this avalanche. But he's a guy who had the had the ability to keep his head in in the most desperate of moments. Right. And he, he fell. And he was in. He was breathing in snow to the point where he couldn't breathe anymore. Yeah, yeah. He was compacted with Horrible. snow. Yeah, all under his eyelids, like oh, he couldn't man. shut his eyes. Oh, man. And he said, I was in the snow, couldn't move. Yeah. Like pinned. Yeah. All of his clothes ripped because the yeah. snow forced them wow. so large it shredded all his clothes. And he said, I just calmed myself. I just took a moment and I stilled myself. And he said, there was a bit of sick dripping off my lips. And he said, it was dripping a certain way and I knew gravity was that way. So I had to dig yeah. that way. Yeah. And he started to dig with his free hand, got to the surface. Yeah. And he survived it. Wow. But in that moment, he managed to just keep his cool, keep his head. Uh, it's those skirmishes, isn't it, mate? Because like, uh, they come out of nowhere or they're, they're drawn out. Well, I think it's the, you know, there's there's the building of pressure, which could be sustained <coughs> over a period of time. And, you know, some gradual thing that's happening that makes you feel really stressed. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, it gets almost insurmountable. There's keeping your head when it's like that as it builds up and builds up and you've got a long term stay cool, calm, mm. you know, not want to destroy the room, you know, not flip out. But can yep. you process it, process it, process it? And then there's that and then there's the immediacy of some 
the avalanche, the yeah. you know, yeah. the road accident that suddenly occurs, and are, you know, and people are injured. Are you are you the person that stays calm then? Yeah. Um, can you gather your thoughts and get a grip on your instincts and your emotions? I mean, we, we've done a podcast going back. If you subscribe and look on fear, yeah, 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 and you know, there's different types of fear. But you know, how do you get a grip on on that overwhelming feeling that everything's wrong, but you just got to hold the line? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, that's a hard one. I remember once I was literally the ordinary illustration. I was towing a caravan with our two girls in the back when they were babies. Mm. I mean, they're grown up now, but uh, Karen's sitting next to me. I'm driving along in this old Ford Scorpio with my mate's caravan on the back. And we had no stabiliser bar. And uh, he just started oscillating behind us. Well, like fish dialing up. Bad, bad. And it was getting worse and worse and worse. And um, and the car has started to move across the road. Yeah. And I think we were going to turn over. And all the other cars just stops being around us and everyone just pulled back yeah and um karen was stressed she was showing like gripping you know go 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 and i i remember thinking oh my baby's in the back yeah well i'll get a grip on this and I, and somewhere deep in my brain i, I thought speed will solve this i've got to, i've got to i've got to push through it push through it so i floored the car what and change lanes at the same time, and the whole thing went settle down. Yeah, by about seventy miles an hour, the caravan behind, and then just broke slowly, slowly. That's slowly, cool thinking. Her. Cool thinking. And I realised at that moment actually I can, I can get a grip. Cup of tea. Look, cup of tea's just coming. I'll take one if you're doing one, mate. Please. Yeah, cheers. Dude. So, uh, thank you very much, mate. Oh, don't worry about it. So I did realise that I can, I can get a grip. On, on pressure. Yeah, and what I have to do uh, as well in times when pressure is relentlessly building up, and anyone leading or pioneering anything will know those days. You have to process that sort of pressure bit by bit by bit, mm. and as a man of God, you have to give it to the <coughs> Lord. Test your heart. So break stuff. See down. if there's any anxious thoughts in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one brick at a time. Yeah, so I yeah. break. I break pressure down into into uh bite-sized chunks i don't because what it does is it all crowds in you and overwhelms you yeah so what i do is think right so this situation oh, i need to do that 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 will mean that that yeah. will mean that and i process it and if i find uh like i'm getting a bit chipped up about one particular situation i will i will focus my attention on that and make sure i don't have a disproportionate reaction on one little thing because it makes yeah. all the other dominoes yeah there. yeah so process things bit by bit by bit and that takes discipline yeah and then when you come to a conclusion just just hold the line yeah you know um yeah. you have to process pressure i think what a lot of people do is they get massively overwhelmed so there's the in the moment stuff and you don't know what you're going to be like until you're in that moment but like the brain surgery guy you just yeah. got to process it bit yeah. by bit and you have to make a decision yeah and i think a lot of a lot of leadership actually is making decisions yeah, in the face of a lot of pressure, just being decisive, yeah, and holding and, and that decision, suck up the pain. That's that's why you're in that chair if you're. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's same with family. You know, when you're going through family trials, just process it. Yeah, one bit at a time. Break it down. Break it down. Every that's good, time. that mate. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you won't see your way through. You're just, no, you're smothered. So, like the avalanche yeah. guy, yeah, I yeah. imagine what he's doing is he's lying there. He's, he's experienced guys in outdoors, and he's thinking, right, don't panic. Yeah. I've got options. I've got a couple of minutes. I've got. Let's work it out. 
Yeah. That obviously exactly. might ways to do that. Just keep didn't calm. Give up. Yeah, didn't give keep up. Keep calm. Yeah. Because a lot of blokes listening are going to be going through this stuff, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. Just, just hold the line. Yeah. Process. Make a decision. Yeah. Uh, if you put that decision to effect, it doesn't seem to work. Well, maybe you've got to just hold it a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. You know. And there is there is a massive spiritual dimension to this, isn't there? Like we we weigh all this stuff up through our sort of Christian filter and lens, and yeah. reading of the Bible and relationship with Jesus. And I, for a long time, I used Romans twelve: Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but yeah. be renewed by the transforming Romans of your 12. mind. Preaching on that at the weekend, I was yeah. in Bradford. It's one of my most favourite passages. So powerful. Just cracking open the NASB in goat skin. But I I, I used it almost as a, not a mantra because that's perhaps the wrong terminology, but Cheers, Steve. Yeah. Thank you, mate. But in sometimes well, it's preceded by Go uh, present your body to living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. So, a you're laying your life down. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is. Yeah. And which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Yeah. Then you know, verse nine onwards is absolutely awesome. But, but it, but it, I felt so. So when I was in these moments of conflict in my mind or in my life. I'd read that over myself and say it out loud. I'd actually stop. And sometimes I'd kneel down and just say yeah. it and say it and say it. And I did feel the Holy Spirit transform the way I was thinking. Yeah. In those moments of conflict and, you and have crisis. To. Yeah, you have to. Just take and, over, Lord. Take and, over. And I think uh, talking about the, the slow, gradual build-up of pressure, the big key is where's your identity? Yeah. It always comes back to that for me. Are you a son of God? Is your faith in him or is your identity in some other thing? Yeah. What's it in? Yeah. If your identity is in Christ and your heart's right, as far as you can tell, yeah, you know, that's why Psalm 139 is so important, isn't it? Search my heart, test my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me, lead me yeah. in the way everlasting. I yeah. believe it says. That if you're doing that and you're a son of the living God, hey, you're secure, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no matter what's happening. Yeah, and, and, and reach out to each other as well. Like, like in moments of crisis and when you feel that pressure and, and you need that support text a mate ring a mate and yeah we've do done that, that for yeah, each other yeah, didn't yeah, we yeah, yeah. we I'm pulled each other out of the pit every now and again didn't we I'm going through this right now I need I need to I need to just yeah. tell someone yeah that's it mate we're going to end it but I thought we'd just mention this I, I was um, in church Sunday and there was yeah. a bloke not not saved bloke sitting at the back and yeah. he was reading one of these and I thought that's, I love this stuff yeah. Tell, tell the guys about the crazy way because you, you pioneered that really well yeah so it basically came out of um, after working with men for many years uh, I realised that men like lists, stats, facts, stories and I looked at a lot of the evangelistic giveaway brochures Yeah. and I came up with this concept of the crazy way and thought what we need to do is a big joined up project which to be honest it's only under your leadership as you became CEO has really started to happen but I wrote the crazy way booklet which quite a large number of these have gone out now. 40,000. 40,000 for free. And um, it's got uh, SAS dude in there, uh, Simon Thomas is in there, um, uh, stats, facts, lists, um, all about what it means to follow Christ. Yeah. But that's now linked to this little Well, that's it, that yeah. Got We've got this. And if you're listening to the podcast, jump on to the YouTube account and have a look because we are showing this stuff on the channel. And, and do like and subscribe, it's worth saying, because that really helps us. Share it, let people know this stuff's out there. Uh, but the Crazy Way pack has grown, and like Carl was saying, we wanted to grow this, didn't we, mate, into into a church resource. And Correct. So we've got these cards that go with it, um, and they talk about gambling, um, younger younger guys, unemployment, sport, 
Yep. Something for the armed forces, something about finance, something about porn, porn and secrets, something about the pub, something about uni, prison, mental health and suicide amongst men. And these are gospel cards and they're backed up by videos that are online. You can have this as a presentation pack in Brilliant, your church yeah. or, or just loose if you don't want to use the pack, you know, depending on how your church is set up. But get in touch with us, cvm.org.uk, look at the crazy way and you can order this stuff. It's something like a five quid donation. Uh, it costs us 15 quid per pack to Amazing. produce. But we had a generous donor who loves what we do, and he, and he underwrote the uh, cost of it. So amazing. So that's available coming out. This uh, one quote in here, which I love, uh, as you draw to a close. Yeah. Uh, Mark Davis, who's Sergeant Major in the SAS in the Crazy Way booklet, says, there's a saying that goes like this, there are no atheists in a foxhole. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> it's a class line, isn't it? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, cheers, boys. <laughs>